0: Yeah, I'll give you two sides of the coin here because we've done hundreds and we have students all over North America, mostly U.S., doing deals every week, you know, 20, 30 a month.
1: It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason.
2: Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. Today, we're going to be diving into no banks, no investors. How can you make that happen? Well, our guest today is Mr. Chris Prefontaine. He's a real estate coach, is a very well-known author of a handful of great real estate books, also a podcast host himself. So Chris welcome on the show today. I'm excited to hear about no banks, no investors. Sounds like a very creative way to do real estate.
0: Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me, buddy.
2: Yeah. Well, let's, before we dive into that, let's go ahead and, and go back to your first real estate deal. When when did you get bit by the bug and and see the power and value of, of real estate for yourself and others?
0: Well, I'll date myself here, but it was 1991. Uh, it was a, 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 a split-level home on a golf course, uh, and had enough land for an extra lot. So, our very first deal was subdividing the lot and building a duplex and selling both sides of the duplex and keeping the house. That was my very first deal with a partner, actually.
2: Great. What What did you take away from that, and that led you to want to keep doing it again and do it for the long term?
0: Well, at that age, you do a deal, I was in my 20s, you do a deal like that, uh, see it go from A to Z, You, get, it's pretty hard not to get the itch, right? Um, so, you know, we had three paydays, there, three profit centers there, the normal, the regular house, and then the each side of the duplex, it's pretty cool. And I had always watched my father do like subdividing a land and creating more value that way. So it was pretty cool. That's
2: great. Well, you're now a real estate coach doing no banks, no investors. Tell us a little bit about what that means and and uh, the creativeness behind that concept.
0: Sure. So we buy everything. We still buy and sell. It's myself, my son-in-law, Zach, and my son, Nick. So we buy everything on terms. And to us, terms means what? It means lease purchase and owner financing. And then there's all kinds of you know subcategories there because owner financing to us means it's free and clear. There's no mortgage on it. And we're going to structure a deal with the owner paying top dollar because we're getting monthly principal pay down, no interest on those deals. Pretty cool.
2: Okay. So you take, take us a little bit deeper into the uh, you know, owner finance and then no. Know- yeah, just talk, tell us a little bit about more about that. Yep. Just to make yep. it. I'll, um,
0: I'll give you a deal It's fresh in my brain. I did it to a very large group last night uh, on a webinar format, but it, this was a house that was on the market for, I think it was like $220. let us go. You choose round numbers with a realtor. Gentleman was leaving the state, had liquidated his dad's estate. Like he was ready to go, except this one property he couldn't sell. So I said, What? He said, I want to do that owner financing thing. We had met before. I said, Okay. If you sold with the relative, what would you have got in your pocket? All said and done, what did you expect? He said one eighty three nine. So okay, we'll pay you one eighty three nine, no money down, and nine hundred and twenty three dollars a month in principal payment only. He said sure, and that deal was inked several years ago. And 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 just I'll fast forward, and then you and I can go back and fill in the blanks. But that's a hundred and twenty eight thousand dollar profit on a one eighty three house. That'll get everybody thinking.
2: Yeah. So. how, ha- how did you get him to just do principal pay down? are is he charging you interest and you're just oh. not paying it or is No, it- no,
0: no. No interest. Good question. People get they're like, I don't get it. Like, how you how how do the sellers do that? A lot of sellers want, especially they're free and clear. You know, if they needed money, they would have pulled it out, right? In theory. So a lot of them want their price, period. They just they either want closure like this guy leaving the state and retiring. He's in good shape financially. He just wanted someone to take care of things. And if you can get up to their price ego-wise and their estate planning-wise, it, doesn't, it almost doesn't matter the term or the payment. So although he's not getting a penny of interest, he gets his price and that's what his goal was.
2: What would you have said that a uh, a wholesaler or an investor cash buyer that sends out the letters, does the robo text, what would they have offered? Most likely off market, two week cash close, no questions. What would they have offered on that house? Would you guess? I would
0: think 60% of, uh, let's just use 200. I mean, they wouldn't have gone over like 120 or something. I wouldn't think.
2: Okay. So so for him to be able to walk away, be done with it, his options were try to keep listing it. Then it sound like that was. Happening, uh, a buyer, or normally sell it to a wholesaler investor at 120. And you were kind of in that middle of 180, 180 or 183.9. 183. Nine. 183. Yep. And so he got his number. So uh, essentially, as $60,000 of interest, per se, You're right? Looking there. at it that way. Yep. Good point. So, um, so that that's his extra profit margin that uh, he, he's kind of getting going this route. Maybe he's not getting that interest right um, or attached to every payment, but he's already got it right away from the very beginning of an additional 60K in his pocket. So what, what are some ways that people um, benefit from that? Uh, who benefits? Like what type of seller engages in this type of deal and finds it intriguing you mentioned a little bit of them already. And then who's the buyer? Who's, who's, who are the other Chris Prefontaines of the world that, that enjoy paying 60 grand more than a wholesaler or other investor would? Uh, and it works for them. You
0: know, what yeah, are, so what I'll are give you two other things? types. As you were talking, I'm thinking um, there was a gentleman, uh, we bought this house for like four and a quarter. We only pay a thousand a month principal, but what was his motivation? There's a second home overlooking a lake. He had three children, unfortunately, one passed away. And he said, we don't want to be here. This this used to be a vacation home for the family. It's too many memories. And they, again, were out of state and wanted closure. That's it. Liked us, trust us. Looked at our track record and said, "Was this?
2: Were these listed, or are these? Are you sending letters and trying to find the average kind of route, same as a wholesaler or investor?" Would yeah, we
0: don't spend anything on mailing. So we go speak with expired listings that were on and didn't sell, or for rent by owner, or for sale by owner. He was a for sale by owner, and you know, just like you in your market, weather-wise, when when the fall is approaching conversations change, right? Because winter's here. And if these homes are empty, which they both were, that's gonna be a headache potentially, as you know. So that helps our our, our situation. On the sell side, you said, you know, who, who, who buys these things, like who else is gonna buy them? We work 95, maybe even 97% of our buyers are tenant buyers needing more time to either enhance credit or save more down payment or for the bank job change maybe seasoning with their you know uh, employment and so we put them in a rent-to-own vehicle until they're mortgage ready however we don't do so until they get a mortgage ready plan and we know we can set them up to win versus oh we'll just throw them in there and hopefully they can get financing so we're very specific with the buyers we put in there
2: okay so so that's a good question you're then selling these you aren't holding because my I guess my question was you know who other than yourself, like what other types of investors are going this route than others? Oh. You just mentioned that it's the, who's actually buying this. Does that mean that you are, you are flipping out of these or, or what are you doing with them once you purchase? I, I guess I didn't think through that. Uh,
0: word yeah. That led, so. All these, all these tenant buyers are going to be two to 10 years, roughly speaking. So the mortgage ready plan that we give them with the help of our our registered mortgage officer as well as the credit enhancement company puts a plan in front of them and says if you do ABC you know it could be saving more improving your credit you know paying things off whatever the plan is if you do that by this date you should be mortgage ready and then we structure the term to have that happen as long as it fits within our seller term that we've already set up
2: okay so you, you bought this house for I think it was two yeah 280, 280 183 or 183 okay yeah and then and then you put it, say a tenant in there, are you cash flowing on the rental up to that point? And then do you sell it to them at a premium or where, where's the, the upside for sure. the crisp Prefontaines of the world?
0: Okay. This is the cool part. Cause every one of these deals come with three paydays. Cause we, you, had, you alluded to wholesaling, you know, one payday, I don't care how big or small, one. These are three paydays. So the buyer comes in and we sold that for $225, dollars to head on for about 220 225, um, we took a a down payment, non-refundable, 15,000. That's actually low these days, but that was several years ago. So 15,000 down, that's payday one, it's non-refundable. Payday two, um, remember we're paying the seller 923 principal. We're leasing no credit to principal for 1500 to the tenant buyer until they get mortgage ready. Remember they have skinned the game now, they're acting like a buyer, not a tenant. And then third payday, We marked it up from the 183 to the 225, but more importantly, over a four-year term, which is what we structured, there's 40-something thousand dollars worth of principal pay down. So all three paydays for us average around 75,000 per deal. That one was about 128 because of the principal pay down, but they're usually around 75 grand.
2: Great. And how are you finding these lease-to-own Tenants or lease owned buyers, I guess it's uh, buyers, like buyers that need time. Yeah, it's a short answer. Are, are you listing these on, on the MLS or do no. you have, are they on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace? Basically,
0: you just said those two rent links, um, real basic. And before any challenge in any economy happened or will happen again in the future, these buyers, there's like 62 to 82% of the people, Jason, in any market that we're in. That if you took a snapshot in time right now and they're a buyer, they can't walk in a bank and get conventional financing without a little time and help. And that's what we provide. So, if there's an enormous pool of buyers, that is actually the easiest part of this equation. So many of them.
2: Yeah. Any stats out there for the the data-driven buyer or not buyer let's say investor because um, there is a buyer like you said there's multiple tiers going on here so need yeah. to make sure I speak correctly that the investor um, that's it's more data driven versus emotional emotionally it sounds like wow 75 grand this is great sign me up but for the one who's like oh, okay what I need more data here what what are some points like do you have uh, ratios of of the, them not paying rent or evictions or yeah. well, what's some I guess data around this to say hey this actually works based on this historical information
0: yeah I'll give you two sides of the coin because we've done hundreds and we have students all over North America mostly U.S. doing deals every week you know 20 30 a month so that here's two sides of the coin on the buyer side when you follow our process and pre-vet the buyer and not get too over anxious to throw them in a the house and end up with a glorified tenant. That's a headache. But if you have a real buyer in there that needs time, understands the system, two to 5% of the year, uh, of the deals rather per year are going to fall out because of life events, it just happens. And the more time they're in the house, the more life can happen, death, divorce, uh, relocation. I've had everything except for maybe someone winning the lottery and leaving, But every, everything else has happened to us. And on, this, uh, on the selling side, I'll tell you the exact metrics to get these deals. It takes me speaking with 11 property, property owners that are open to terms, 11 of them, to get an appointment, and that can be virtual or in person, or, uh, and 17 conversations will get me a signed contract, and 25 conversations, 25 houses that I've talked to, by that time I have a sale. So there's just three different metrics we use to kind of project our year. It's pretty predictable if you do the numbers and track it.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's KPIs mm-hmm. sound like you can definitely plug those in for this model and just know here, for sure. here's the numbers you got to hit and here's what you should end up getting. Uh, markets, is there a better market, a not as good market, actually physically, and then actually like an economic market uh, to do these in?
0: Yeah, I'll give you the ideal and I'll tell you kind of, you know, ongoing what my thoughts are. So geographically, no, you can do these anywhere. I facetiously said, I was on interview earlier and and they said, does this work for buildings? I said, it works for planes and cars. Like this is buying and selling on terms. People have done it since the late 1800s. So geographically, you can do this anywhere. We have, you know, 80 some odd people around the country doing deals in all kinds of strange markets and normal markets. Um, as far as, um, let's see, geographic was one and what was the other one?
2: Yeah, just uh, the economic market, you know. Ah, sorry. So
0: so if, if you said define your ideal market, Chris, I would tell you flat to uh, slightly increasing. That would be ideal. Um, the way we structured the business to be as recession resistant as possible. We can't say proof, but resistant. Uh, going into this um, way back after the OA crash for that reason, is um, the longer term you structure on any deal, you are becoming resistant automatically to any changes in the cycles. So if I structure, for example, a 10-year on a financing deal with all principal paydown, I don't want to sound too crass, but I don't care what happens to the market. I really don't. It's, I have so much time. So the, the economic piece is as long term as you can get. Now, If you've got a short term, can you renegotiate? Yep. I renegotiated six or eight deals this year well before any change in economics because it it was a good thing for us. And the sellers got to know us and said, sure. like It's not difficult to renegotiate these deals the way they're written.
2: And you're renegotiating with the seller on- Yeah, mainly
0: the seller with the term.
2: Okay. Yeah. And that's to, I'm guessing, be more advantageous to to you at, at that time?
0: Uh, us and the uh, buyer, let's say uh, that deal I talked about earlier, four-year deal, let's say in year three, the buyer has a life event that happens and they say, I need more time. I have two choices. No, you're out of luck, which is awful morally and ethically, or, well, let me, let me check with my partner who is the seller or the holder of the note, technically, and see what I can do. And most of the time, I can push the term out and call the buyer back and say, good news, breathe, we got you covered, we give you a little more time. And that's usually a win, win, win that way.
2: Great. Are are you telling these sellers that this is what you're doing from the beginning and how it's going to be handled? Or is it more, hey, I'm just here to buy your house on, kind of on term?
0: Yeah, good question. Most of them, Jason, ask, out of curiosity, if nothing else, what do you do with it? (laughs) Because they're getting good dollars and they're going, how are you doing that? Like, what are you doing with this? Like, they're just curious. So yeah, they, they usually ask and and we now teach our students and we do it ourselves to just communicate more, not less at the beginning of these deals. Then you don't have any headaches. Like, Hey, here's my intent. And I'm writing this up. Worst case scenario, I'm going to might call you for an extension. And that, then it's no surprise. And they go, okay, thanks for being honest.
2: Great. What What's the worst case scenario for the sellers? And when you're, when you're calling them, I'm guessing they're hesitant, and and they're like, "Hey, well, what what's worst case situation here for me?"
0: Worst case, I'll give you two, both ends again, us and them. Uh, worst case is literally I leave, and or I, oh, I got a business, right, or I hit by a bus. Like literally, I, I tell the owners, "Like, firing that happened, I've been at this thirty years, so I get to lean on that credibility a little bit." But they've got to be comfortable with if it's not me and it's an investor, you're, you're new. They've got to be comfortable with your website and hopefully you're with the BBB and, and get them over that so they trust you. They got to trust you or they wouldn't do the deal. On our end, what's the worst? I had it happen uh, last year in Pennsylvania. A student and I did a nice deal. It was an owner financing deal. And we only had it, we don't do these anymore, but we had it for two years. That's a tight term. And our buyer at the end of that had 40, 50 grand down, non refundable. And they couldn't get it financed. And so again, we could have said, so sorry, you're gone and you lose your deposit. Well, that would have been awful. So we called the guy, the seller and said, Randy, can we get a year extension? And I thought he'd say, yes, they all do. He said, no way. I'm building a house, I need this cash. So we had to go out and raise money. That was the only time out of like several hundred deals we did that and we didn't have to, we did it because it was the right thing to do. And that happens once in a while, that was just a moral decision.
2: Yeah, so you raised capital to then purchase it We took the seller out, yeah, Yeah. we did it. We broke the
0: rules and we did it. And that's why I'm giving you that because too many people are on my show or on the ads at night and give you all the good stuff, right? I want to tell you that once in a while stuff happens and you find a way to pivot. Great.
2: Well, let's take a, a quick break so our wonderful sponsor can get a quick
1: word in and then we'll come back with our final five. Hey guys, please check out Merrill Calliser's law firm, Calliser & Associates, calliserlaw.com. They're one of the only full-service syndication law firms in the country for a flat, rate fee. They will represent you from letter of intent all the way through to the closing of the transaction. This includes PSA negotiation, title review, and objections, creating the PPM, investor questionnaires, subscription agreements, filing with the SEC, and any applicable blue sky filings out of state, along with lender due diligence and assistance with closing the transaction. Callister and Associates also represents sellers of multifamily assets, as well as owners that are refinancing. They have represented over $3 billion in syndication transactions and are currently handling 20 to 30 syndications in any given month. Caldyser & Associates is your one-stop shop for all things real estate. For more information and a free consultation, please go to Law.com. That is K-A-L-I-S-E-R law.com and I've also put that in the show notes for you. Welcome back. We have Chris and we're going
2: to dive right into the final five. Chris, what's the most creative real estate deal that you have been involved in?
0: Um, Anytime we've done a few of these, but anytime we take a lease purchase, which we call a sandwich lease, and then somewhere along the term, we've done it several times this year, we pivot and change that to a subject to purchase um, those are always fantastic because you took a time sensitive lease purchase and turned it into a never ending time frame because you now own the house. They only do that though after they did business with you. That's why the pivot.
2: Great. Well few seconds, to dive into to that last aspect. I know we didn't cover that at the during the main interview, um, but tell us a little bit about what that means.
0: Well, if I'm paying the payment for a lease purchase, uh, the loan is in the seller's name and I'm paying on their behalf while I'm while I'm doing the same exit as we talked about most of the show. The difference is they don't have to give up the deed, but after I'm paying it for six, eight, 10, 12 months, that conversation is a lot easier than when I didn't know them. And and we say, look, we can take over the property now. They're going to transfer the deed to us now, um, and that way it's off their their. Liability wise, it's off of their uh, balance sheet, so to speak, or you know, just closure mentally. So it just depends on the situation, but we try to pivot to owning it.
2: That's great. I'm guessing ownership in your guys' world is a lot better of a position to be in than in every way. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, where do you see the market in five years? Anything specific uh, that you might, might see it doing or not doing? And then where do you see yourself in five years?
0: First part is the higher part. If I knew that, or you knew that, well, you and I would be on the beach somewhere. and We wouldn't come back. So that—that's—that's that's a toughie. I have no idea. You got an election coming up. You got all the stuff that just happened in the market. So, um, no clue. But uh, you know, a shameless uh, comment on our niche is, I honestly, it doesn't matter. Um, so where I see me to to wrap that into that is, I do the same thing we're doing now on a much grander scale, we are scaling rapidly, both personally with our own properties and with students around the country as part of our mission is to do deals. Like we don't just go out and market, we do deals. And so that's where I'll be in five years. It's a little bit more passive, but still doing the same thing because both my kids are in the both my son and son-in-law are in the biz.
2: Great. What is a book that you like to read yourself or listen to or recommend to others?
0: Man, that just depends on the time frame, like where I am mentally. Um, I can tell you just from a generic scaling slash business slash entrepreneur mentality, uh, Ray Dalio's book Principles was amazing um, because he goes through, he's kind of like my style. like He he just gives it to you like the good, the bad and the ugly and there's a lot of lessons in there. Great. What's
2: your favorite way that you like to give back to the real estate community that's given so much to you and, and allowed you to be where you are in your success? Uh, you know,
0: we're, we're big on free. I, I know a lot of people are now with the internet, but we are big, big, big on free because I'm not so naive to think that we're the only niche, right? There's some really cool niches. You and I both have guests that are great. So uh, dig, I, I'm into digging into like our YouTube channel has over a hundred deals that we've, we've, we just show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. like, here's how you do it. And so we don't hold anything back. Um, I'd love to, for your audience, all they got to do is say they heard us on your show and I'll give them the book. It's on Amazon for like 27 bucks, but I'll give them the Real Estate on Your Terms book. They just got to go to free, s r e c com. And again, just mention they heard us on the show and we'll get it out. We're not mailing physically now, uh, but we will get the audio and or electronic version out and um, the book will follow when we can get back to the office.
2: Great. Chris, what's the one way, we'll also throw in the show notes uh, along with, with the link to your book, uh, what's the one way that people can reach out to you and we'll, we'll toss that in?
0: Uh, best and most direct is just go to smartrealestatecoach.com. There's a contact button, there's a free webinar, and they can get us that way.
2: That's great. Well, Chris, it's, it's been an ac- absolute pleasure. We, we hear a lot of creative real estate activities and deals and opportunities here on our show, hence why we're called the create real estate podcast. And, and this is definitely one of the ones that, that intrigue people. That's a little more, it's simple, but yet you got to dive into it a little bit and it's some cool creative ways that people can, as you said, have no bank and have no investors and still be able to get into the real estate game. So I appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing some of your wisdom. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Excellent. All right. As always, my friend until next
1: time, thank you outside the box. If you got value out of today's episode, please make sure to leave us a review and let us know how you feel. Um, Jason and I are very, very grateful to have you as a loyal listener and to have you keep coming back and back and back. I want to remind you that Caliser and Associates, they can help you literally from the very beginning to the very end of all of your apartment investing transactions. So great resource for you, caliserlaw.com. And if you do want to check out my brand new YouTube channel, it's
0: apartmentinvestingshow.com. I hope to see you there.